Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here, back with Ed and Tom. What's going on, guys? What's up, guys? Ed, how did your speech go last week? Oh, player, I didn't give the speech. I had to do the writing for the speech, and that was all to the good. So your boy has been on the grind, but it seems like R&B has not stopped because in the past week or so I've missed, there's been a lot of stuff to drop. Ed, I mean, I mean the the speech you did off, you know, outside of your day job. Didn't you listen well, to the last I podcast? I told the fans where you were. Where? What did you tell these poor fans? What lies did you spread, dog? Well, since you didn't have a chance to check it out, I I let them know of that big important speech you had at the church's chicken convention. Church's chicken convention? <laughs> Could you at least give me a better place than churches? <laughs> Calm down, guys. Calm down. Uh, we got Carl Thomas joining us on the podcast today, but Ed, I think you have to go somewhere right after, so you won't be able to join us. No, so I, I will hopefully, prayerfully, sprinkle some holy water down because I'm leaving it up to you two to hold this interview down. I don't know how it goes, so I have to give this <laughs> disclaimer. I don't know what these two dudes are going to talk about, but hopefully my boy Carl won't be singing in the rain about how emotional he was after this podcast. I'll be honest, Ed, (laughs) when you're not around, it's pretty much a free-for-all, and we kind of just diss you nonstop. So look forward to that. Well, how is that any different than when I'm sitting up here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, can we get into a little R&B trivia before we get into the new music? Because we got to see who's the real R&B fan amongst you two. I'm terrified. I mean, we already know I'm the realist, but go ahead. All right. So for those that are listening for the first time, Tom, your favorite artist is who? We'll go with Music Soul Child. All right. And Ed, yours is? It's absolutely no question who mine is. The godfather of R&B. Keith Sweat. Mr. Leatherpants himself. (laughs) Um, so what we're going to do here, I have three Music Soul Child songs with me and three Keith Sweat songs with me. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do, I'm going to name a song and you're going to have to tell me what album it's from. Mm. Oh my God. Mm, Are we like ready this. for this? Yep. Yes. So I hope you guys have been doing your homework. So we're going to start it off nice and easy for you, Tom. The Music Soul Child song, Don't Change. What album is that from? Oh, come on. That's... um. I get that confused. Is it just listen? Yes. You are correct. I always confuse that and another song, but yes. Okay, cool. All right, Ed, are you ready? Mr. Keith Mm -hmm. Sweatband number one. We're going to go with the song Let Me Love You. Not the Mario song, Let Me Love You, but Keith Sweat's Let Me Love You. How did you give Tom this softball (laughs) and you hit me with an album track that I can't even remember? (laughs) Let Me Love You? A Keith joint? Wow, he covered uh, a Mario song? That's impressive. <laughs> I'm sure Mario was minus four when this song came out. Oh. It's, it's one of the earlier joints. Is it Keep It Coming? It is Keep It Coming. Wow. Wow. Woo, I Ooh. pulled it out, player. I pulled it out. <laughs> all right, all right. Tom, are you ready for song number two? Yeah, I'm scared, but let's go for it. Let's go with the song Buddy, or otherwise known as B-U-D-D-Y. That's so easy. Why do I get these easy ones? He 
he's getting the easy joints. There's a conspiracy going down. <laughs> That's love and music. Correct. Oh, wow. Right away. By the way, that might right, be low-key one of my... I know everybody hates on that album. I kind of like that album. All right, Ed. What? Love, love and Music? <laughs> yes. That was Love and That's Music. That's Kyle's favorite music album. It is? It is. Look at Kyle having some but, taste. But guys, it's not about me right now. It's about music and Keith. And Ed, you're up. Okay. So the next song we have, and I think you'll like this one, Tom. The song is called Hood Sex. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is off one of the later albums is either is it riding solo wow he got it right again wow oh man tom i'm not gonna lie i purposely rigged this so that you would win but uh ed is staying in this it's pretty impressive all right give me the last one all right this is a tough one um who knows oh my god that's not a tough one that's a uh, soul star. He just star. admitted he's cheating. <laughs> Correct. All right, Ed, it's up to you to tie this. Are you ready? I'm ready. And if you get this, I will crown you the king of R&B. Well, I already got the crown, so just shine it on up. Come on, what is it? Uh, the song, Some More. The song, what? Some More. <laughs> Some more. (laughs) This is hilarious. That's not well. First of all, if I'm remembering, that's not like a. That's isn't that like a Target bonus track off of something? That's not a real song. (laughs) You gotta know your Target and Best Buy bonus tracks, man. It's it's on the album. If I bought the album from Target, then it's a song. But yes, you are correct. It's a bonus song. Well, hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Since you just admitted you that you this. tried with your little... Because I can... <laughs> I've. This is how I track it down. I remember it by the era. Like where I was living at the time. And this wow. was before... Was this before I moved to Birmingham? I think so. So that would have been maybe just me? I cannot believe it, but Ed got it right. What the player. hell? Oh my player. god! Wow! Player and player. and the song features and the song features Akon, which is the most random thing ever. But Ed, yeah. you actually did it. He's actually got a couple songs with Akon. If you want to keep it all the way G. Oh wow! Who knew? No, that was I'm actually not gonna lie. Hard, so that was cool. <laughs> Tom, I'm glad you did your homework too, because I didn't know if you would pull through, but you did. Why did I get my babe with these baby songs? You could have gave me album cuts. I would have got them. Come on, man. I'm All right, Kyle, let's the, do this. Kyle's getting a play of please for this, actually. Yes, he should. B-U-D-D-Y. Um, Come on now. <laughs> well, guys, we're going we're gonna to end it with a tie. And we're going to keep it moving. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. Can I um, do mine now? We got. Can I, can can, I do mine? Can, real, can just cert- real quick. You can certainly do yours. So, guys, like last time I did that uh, where I asked you to name members of the group, I came up with yeah. another fun little game for you guys. It's a little different. This time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name lyrics from a song by mm-hmm. a legendary artist. You tell me the song. If I one of you guys artist. could get this, you're definitely the king of R&B. It's just one song. I'm going to give you two lines. Ready? Okay. 
I keep a dollar worth of dimes. You know, pimping ain't easy. Oh my gosh, I know this. Oh, I know this song. <laughs> you do? Oh, oh. No, I, I, I can hear it. Yes, I can hear it too. What? <sighs> First one to get it wins. Uh. If I tell I, you the I'm artist, like... would that help? Yes. Yeah. The artist is Usher. Oh. Oh, it's Bad Girl by Usher. Yes, it is. You're the winner. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was like, I was like, it's something off of Confessions. I couldn't think of what it was. All right, I give I gotta, you that one, player. I gotta be honest. I really wanted to bring it up just to see how dumb of a line that was in a song. You got, <laughs> come on, man. It's pretty on, trash, man. but look, player, you gotta, you gotta love that song. It's so, it's you sure so Oh man, um, guys, are we ready for the Play It Please Awards? Oh, I'm gonna get. Let me hold on. Let me get situated in my seat because something tells me after the week or two that we've had that you got some stuff for us. Let me throw my Advil in. Go ahead and roll my <laughs> temples because it's gonna be wild. I'm actually scared about these ones, but let's do this. Um, R. Kelly. He uh, oh, so was we charged. Just going right out the gate, huh? We got more. Don't worry. Uh, R. Kelly was charged with 10 counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse. And uh, the judge has set a $1 million bond for R. Kelly. Guys, you know how I said on the previous podcast I thought he still had a shot? He has no shot. I think it's over. Well, play, let me, let me um, put a disclaimer in because I'm not sure when... As, as fast as this new cycle is turning, like what the update will be by the time this episode posts. But, player, I have told you both offline and on the podcast, there was a time where R. Kelly wriggled free and he stepped in the name of love out of that courtroom. If he gets out of this, he is truly Dr. Strange and got some mystical abilities because... They ain't letting this brother go a second time. And in 2019, where the social media court of opinion will rip you to shreds, ain't looking good for the Pied Piper player. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting because, like, when he was on trial last time, there, was, there wasn't really social media and stuff like that. So now it's almost like the, the court of public opinion has, has already made their decision, regardless of what happens. Right. So. It's over. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is the flaw with our our system right now and our culture. And don't get me wrong, because your boy ain't never been an R. Kelly defender. However, I do hope that we let the evidence be played, let everything go out, unless y'all not jump to conclusions before the freaking gavel drops. Let the case be heard. Then y'all can write your freaking think pieces after. But until then... Let's remember it's not about getting retweets on your little raggedy blog post, but it's more about getting justice for these alleged victims. So let's just let the truth come out, see what's good. But I'll tell you one thing. If this piece of garbage really does have another PP tape, and this PP tape is him watching a PP tape. How do you have a tape of you watching a PP tape? So anyway, we're going to see if this all shakes out. But oh my goodness, it's looking rough for R&B out here. Listen, can I just add one more thing about this whole thing? I was watching the news, and they showed footage of when he um, beat the trial the last time and when he was leaving the court, and he had the braids. 
Mm-hmm. Man, I had flash. I had flashbacks to uh, Ignition Remix, guys. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> That's what you had flashbacks of? <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. Hot and fresh uh, out in the kitchen. Wow. Uh, um. Okay. Are we ready for play a pleases for real now? No. It's gonna. I only know it's gonna get worse. That's why I'm sighing. Well, we're going to first off give a play a please to the people of Milwaukee. Oh, no. oh yes. I meant to, ta- I meant to message you about this because I just found out about this this morning. Go ahead, Kyle, because I love it. I'm going to rub it in your face. So, Ja Rule, uh, Soulback's number one favorite rapper, what? Uh, performed, <laughs> performed halftime at the NBA game between the Milwaukee Bucks and I think the Minnesota Timberwolves. I could be wrong. I need to fact check that one. But so Ja Rule came out halftime, did his own, his whole spiel, his his speech before he got into, you know, the classics like living it up and always on time and I'm real and countless other ones. He gets oh on the mic God. and he asks the people, "Are you ready?" And the people of Milwaukee as ignorant as they are and the fact that they don't show this legend some respect. They ignorant stay quiet. as they are. So Jaru asked one more time, and I don't know why he needs to repeat himself, but he says, Milwaukee, are you ready? And it was dead quiet in there. And Jaru says, well, I guess you guys aren't ready. And then he proceeds to play Living It Up, and everyone goes nuts. Tom? No. Nah. <laughs> what is Listen, going on man, here? I got one comment. Ed, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Milwaukee... Flyover City? What the heck do they know about hip-hop? First of all, for them to... It, if they... And to let me kind of clean up Kyle's point a little bit. Because Kyle probably saw the little short video. I saw the whole video of the thing. And to Tom's point, let's, let me show you how they know hip-hop in Milwaukee. Ja Rule comes out and says, Hey, y'all, I'm performing for the 90s, whatever. They're having some 90s rap show. But they hired a 2000s rapper for this. Ja Rule just crapped on the entire show in his first sentence. He just told them they don't even know the difference between a 90s rapper and the 2000s rapper. And they're right. But the I mean, full video that I saw was that part where he was kind of like, hey, y'all ready? And they didn't say anything. He was actually talking to the sound people who messed up. So, again, you got to watch the whole thing in context. However, still doesn't change the fact that he looked completely stupid standing there with his hand up in the air saying, are y'all ready? And everybody's just looking at him like, no, we want our fire Festival money back. <laughs> oh, damn. And then uh, the last point I'll make is that uh, we also got to give Giannis Antetokounmpo, star of the Milwaukee Bucks, a play a please. Because as Ja Rule was performing his charismatic and energetic show, Giannis was on the side shooting hoops while Ja Rule was performing. Warm up after Ja Rule said, don't do it while the legend is performing. Thank you. No, the best part is they're warming up while Ashanti's vocals are playing in the background. It is the best train wreck ever. I was just like, oh, I can't wait till Kyle sees this. Nothing like hearing Robo Ashanti squeak over the speakers all staticky. I thought she was there. <laughs> oh, <Damn>. my goodness. <laughs> what, a, what a hater. What a hater. All right, well, 
before we move on, Ed, I know you got to leave pretty quickly and I don't want to cut you off short. So quickly just tell people what they can expect from So In Stereo or what's been posted in the last couple of weeks just before Carl Thomas comes and you have to dip out. Yeah, we missed out on a couple stuff, but the best thing is you can always catch up. I'm not sure if you guys last week got a chance to talk about NDRE's new album, Worthy. It's pretty good. Probably the first standout release in R&B that we've seen this year. So go by Soul and Stereo. Check that out. If you also are into my, uh, my for my hip-hop heads, Zarface and, Zar and Ghostface Killer have released their little combo album. Zarface meets Ghostface, another word noteworthy album. Got to review there as well. And shout out to my man Alex Goodman, who is one of our contributors. And a couple of weeks ago, we had the, I guess, ten year anniversary now of Drake's So Far Gone mixtape. Y'all know how I feel about Drake, but the thing is that album is pretty influential in both rap and R&B, for better or worse. So he did a nice retrospective on that. So in stereo, you'll hook up. Go check it out. Ed, let me ask you, since you're not going to be here for Carl, and we, of course, we always talk to these artists about their history and music and, and, you know, what it meant for that time period. So tell us about Carl's debut. You consider that one a classic, emotional? I don't know if I consider it a classic, but for its era, it was definitely a game changer. And a lot of younger fans might not remember this, but I remember being with my journalism teacher and speaking. I didn't even know he was into R&B. And he was so excited for this album because he was talking about just how incredible the songwriting was. And I was like, man. And, at, and around that time, I was really listening to the way he composed and the way he wrote. And Carl really, from an era where songwriting took a backseat, he really pushed that forward. But not only did he push it forward, he kept to the basics of R&B. He incorporated some of the hip hop, some of the... In- hip-hop influences that you always heard from the bad boy era back then that album to me is probably one of the pinnacles of the 2000 era and i think today kind of goes a little bit underrated for its impact i don't know if i'd call it a classic but for sure one of the more pivotal albums in the past 20 years well can we give a quick shout to the song i wish not just because it's a great song but man we've never heard a song like that before with those lyrics and shout out to our boy Mike City. It's about meeting yes. a girl who's who's unhappily married with kids. Like we'd never even heard a song covering that type of topic. So that's crazy to me. And again, that goes that is yet another testament to his songwriting skills. That album really, really pushed the genre forward in my opinion and gave it some gas in the tank for at least going forward for another three or four or five years. So shout out to my man Carl. A man I'm gonna miss him because he really, really helped put R&B not only on the map for the 21st century, but gave it some gas in the tank. Absolutely. So, Ed, I know you got to go now, so we're going to say goodbye to you. We'll see you next week. I think we have Donnell Jones on the podcast next week, so get ready for that, and we'll have more R&B trivia. So, Ed, we'll see you next week. I'll holla. All right, Tom, now that Ed's out of the building, are you ready to talk that real R&B? <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, we got Carl Thomas on the podcast now. Like I said, every week we try to bring in someone special, someone that's brought soul back. And Tom, who's our special guest? Because this guy has definitely done that. Man, I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, I've known this guy for some time now, covering through the site for years. He's always shown us love, which we've really appreciated. Most importantly, he's always made 
quality music over the years, and we've just been happy to support him. So happy to welcome Carl Thomas to the podcast. Welcome, Carl. Hey, what's happening, man? How you feeling? Doing good, man. How's everything with you? Man, uh, I'm blessed and uh, just, uh, you know, happy to still, you know, be here uh, in a position to, you know, make music that I love for the fans, man. Well, let's start out by talking about the music because we were excited as well as the fans were excited to hear that new single you put out, One With Heaven. Just excited to hear you come out with something new, man. We're, you know, talk about the yeah. new music a bit. Yeah, uh, One With Heaven kind of happened, uh, kind of happened actually, you know, kind of happened on an accident. Uh, there is a poet, uh, there's a poet uh, in Israel um, uh, by the name of Gila, and uh Gila, she uh, is world-renowned poet. She travels with Deepak Chopra and all of these these wonderful people who supply all this positive energy. But uh, she is a world-renowned poet that just reached out to me uh, through my friend Jack Knight. Uh, she wanted to she wanted to uh, do music with American artists, and you know I was just really surprised when you know somebody like me was on her radar. <laughs> you know. So uh, I ended up doing uh, the single "One with Heaven," and the lyrics are act is actually her poetry. You know what I mean? Mm. And all I really did was all I really did was track and uh, you know sing the song. So does that mean this is not your new single, which will lead to a new album, or you know, what do we expect? Actually, actually, no. This is just a creative offering to my fans and everybody. You know that's that's been rocking and rolling with me this long. I felt like I felt like it was a wonderful opportunity to just kind of stick my head out of that ostrich hole, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is it like in this in 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 this climate of R and B though? Because it's been a while for 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 an album to come out from you, and many of your peers from the '90s are kind of following that same route. Many of them are just doing shows, not really putting out new music because we've seen what R and B sales are like. It's scary. Right. So what is it like deciding <laughs> to do new music or not at this point? Well, I mean, here's the thing is that um I, I um I've always um I've not I've always, you know, have seen things from a different vantage point. Um I think that the one of the reasons why people don't see a lot of me is because I really don't care what anybody else is doing <laughs> to be perfectly yeah. honest with yeah. you uh and i have somewhat managed to exist to exist in a different ecosystem um and in that ecosystem you know creativity uh itself is still you know the center of that uh and i really appreciate don't get me wrong i appreciate everything that's going on in these days because uh, I really feel like because of the nature of uh what i of what I call the trap music age um, the analog age you know it was actually uh i don't know if you if if any of you have ever um had the opportunity to see the documentary the eight oh eight documentary uh and the eight oh eight documentary is basically uh uh telling the, the story of, of, of the Roland brand and how the Roland brand is responsible for the creation of uh, the 808 that 
uh, initiate that 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 you know eventually brought us you know the sound of the age that we're in the analog age you know so um these these musicians are taking a lot more melodic chances i would say you know now i understand that rhythmically sometimes it can seem um a bit repetitive sometimes maybe a bit redundant but the melodies are so so much more diverse nowadays because they're not so much focusing on the vocal aspect of things you know mm. they're 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 really focusing on on how things melodically feel and 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 I think that that's a really really creative way you know to interpret music or 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 to look at it uh so I'm a student right now you know what I mean I'm a student of 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 what's going on now because I because I'm so attracted to it melodically uh I'm interested in what makes them tick in the studio you know because I think that it's going to be there what they're doing right now is extremely instrumental in where we're going just like what we were doing was extremely instrumental in what they're doing right now right so um you know I was I'm telling you Stevie Wonder told me one time he said if you don't have the ability to to recognize you know where you are or what's coming around the corner then that's okay but just you know, you got to know that longevity, longevity really probably isn't for you. You know, <laughs> that's good observation. But you know, it's a good point. Like the melodies that we're hearing today from R&B artists, from, from even some of these rappers, it's definitely unique. But my biggest problem with some of the music that's coming out now, melody is great, but lyrically and vocally, it's just it's not there personally for me so how do you kind of well no no i i i have to agree with you in a lot of aspects um uh now you got to understand with technology with technology what you're what you're talking about is everything has has its balance and i think that the reason why you you're noticing the void of, of lyrical content is because the more you advance with technology and music the le- the less room you leave for thought mm-hmm. because hit records you know what i mean hit records regardless to whatever kind of technology you're using hit records are created bar by bar but but we're experiencing the fallout of sequencing and that's just you know this is this is a ripple in the pond of a stone that was dropped a while ago you know once they created a method and this wasn't even in the 80s this was the 70s okay sequencing sequencing started in the 70s so people really you know need to get their history right and you know when you drop a stone in the pond that big, it's going to have a ripple effect for years to come. And we're still experiencing those ripples in the pond. It's just that generations who are born and have no idea where the ripples come from can't explain it because they weren't alive when the stone was dropped down. 
You feel me? Mm. Mm. Taking a deep call. <laughs> no, nah, not really if you really think about it. It's just yeah. a timeline. It's just a timeline, yeah. man, you know? It's just connecting timelines between 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 then and now to help us understand a little bit better. That's all. Right. You know. Well, let me ask you. I, I like feel you, like you're you, perfect. I'm sure, you, I'm sure. I'm sure you yourself could connect the same dots if you thought about it. You know. Right. Let me ask you. The, let me ask you this. Um, let me ask Kyle chime in, and then you could chime in, Carl. But because I think you're the perfect guest to speak on this topic. But we always talk about how '90s R&B is the golden era. We love it. We herald it as one of the greatest eras of R&B. You came from that era, Carl, originated in that era. But, you know, we often look at how people who grew up on 80s R&B might not look at 90s R&B the same way. They might not like it at all. We talk about that sometimes. And before well, I hear your opinion here, on that, Carl, yeah, go ahead. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that first and foremost, it's really important that you understand that I myself do not see 90s R&B as a pinnacle, you know. Mm. Really? Uh, I, I, I don't see yeah, I don't see it like that. I mean for me for me the style of nineties R and B was extremely easy. Uh but what made it what made it so so endearing and, and and revered is that it was just it was just the age where we just absolutely admitted Okay, we're doing R and B, but we're really church singers. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're really church singers, and we're gonna translate this how we grew up or how we've learned to do it. And you know, it was extremely soulful. It was an extremely soulful expression because they chose to be so. The vocalists of the '90s chose to be so honest about it, about their origins, and they chose to be, uh, you know. They chose to 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 be open about where their influences came from, and they didn't care. Jodeci didn't care about you know knowing about people knowing that they used to be little Cedric and the Haley singers. They didn't care. They were proud of that. They wore it as a ble- as a badge of honor. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I think that that is what really resonated with that music. It was it was the age. It was the golden. Now you say the golden age of music. I would call it the golden age of the black singer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that that that's what I would call it because it was it was uh, it was a it was a really that age was a real big you know coming out for gospel singers in R and B. Now we all we know we we know that this is long since been the tradition. I mean, with singers like uh Aretha Franklin and Marvin Gaye and 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 uh Smokey Robinson and all these guys, all these superstars being church kids, you know. Uh but they weren't as as, as uh they didn't really wear it, you know what I mean, as a flag like, like the artists in the nineties did. You know, mm-hmm. so um the music uh, the music in the '90s, you know what I mean? It was, it was really, it was really, you know, um, translated to where, you know, if you had any experience with the black church, then you could feel those influences in the music of Boys to Men. You could feel those influences in the music of what was going on in the New Jack Swing. If you really, really study Teddy Riley's 
style. You know what I mean? Teddy Riley just comes off as a church musician. You know what I mean? Translated differently, but that's just, you know, that's just what it what it is, you know what I mean? A lot of those chord progressions that he became famous for were common in the church. Hmm. So, Carl, great point on the 90s R&B. You know what? I I grew up listening to 90s R&B, but I was really raised on, like, the 2000s, the mid-2000s R&B. So how do you look at that era of music? I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a very good extension. You know, see, me, um, I'm, I'm always able to look at things in a very balanced manner. So it's very hard for me to, 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 to take the attitude that there's something wrong with the music. Gentlemen. There's nothing wrong with the music. The music doesn't need to be fixed. It's the business that needs to be fixed. Mm. It is the business that you need to fix because everything has been completely conquered by the corporate structure. Now, mind you, when I told you before, when you gain in one area, you're going to lose in others you can't have it all so in the music business giving itself over to numbers and analytics it has given up its opportunity to find the next michael jackson or to find the next whitney houston or to find the next neville brothers or to find the next the next super great thing artists who have no predecessors are you are usually socially inept. You're not going to find them in numbers. You're not going to you're not going to find the genius artist with a million followers. That's just not how it is. What you're gonna find with a million followers is something that is popular. That's what you'll find. Not necessarily something that is so rare and extraordinary that it has no predecessor. You cannot find that. So in giving the business over to numbers and analytics, understand what you're giving up. Understand. And it's cool. We can play this. I can play this numbers game with them, whatever. <laughs> but under, But understand what it is that you're giving up. When you were at a label... Tied to a label, a major label. I'm sure they were already crunching numbers and looking at analytics then. So as an artist, how did you handle that? Um, well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that my situation, um, my situation has always been, um, you know, the possibilities of the music. You know, analytics, analytics, yes, they were doing analytics then, but just in a different the gamble was a little longer, shall we say. Um, you were able to add analytics in with with with, 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 with your gut felt, you know. And, um, you know, it became easier for bozos to be A&R by running things by numbers. You know what I mean? It, it became easy. It's easy. If you run everything by analytics, then that means that individuals with no musical projection whatsoever can be the biggest executives responsible for shaping the culture. 
They can be the biggest executives running things by numbers with no musical foresight. How on earth are you going to find the next Lady Gaga? You understand what I'm saying? Lady Gaga was not found by analytics. She was found by some executives that saw her and said, oh, shit. (laughs) Well, let's call. You know you're bursting our bubble right now, man, because you came from that era we love. And let's take it to a lighter note, man. Let's let's look back at your debut, emotional. And actually, I came from an era. Actually, I came from an era before that. You know what I mean? I came from yeah. an era before that. Um, you know, because um, everyone has a different. Everyone has a different idea of when the clock starts. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or when of where your beginnings started, you know what I mean? But my beginnings, you know, if there was ever a Carl Thomas story, that story would never begin with I wish. Right. You understand what I'm saying? It could it, it couldn't be. You know what I mean? You were, so the story you were part of the, the story you the, mm-hmm. if you're talking about the story, or if you're talking about the career itself, my career itself, then that means you got to go, you know, you got to go before, way before I wish. You know, you got to go way, way before that. You know. Well, back you know. to the formula, right? Say it again? Back to the formula. Yo, you gotta, man, you got to go before the formula. You got to go before that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't born I wasn't born when the formula you know what I mean there was a way there was a mean there was a uh there was a method in how the formula itself came to be you know we just didn't walk in the epic records and say sign us <laughs> you know what I mean you know so there there's a there's there's you know there's layers of onions you know to all of this stuff you know like the story you know, when people, when I do interviews and what have you, you know, um, and and a lot of people ask me about, you know, the, this era and that era and this era and that era. And in my mind, while I'm giving these interviews, I can see myself on stage in eighth grade, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can see, I can see, still see that kid, you know, that 13-year-old that was really, really excited to get up there and do it, you know, um, being so curious, being so curious uh, as a kid, you know, my teenage years were completely sacrificed, you know what I mean, for, for the music business. You know, I was rarely home, even as a 13 and 14 year old kid, I was rarely home. I was always singing with these groups or these guys that were way older than me and out of high school and what have you. And I was, you know what I mean? I would literally show up to high school with with my friend dropping me off from the next town. Like I was never home. You know what I mean? I just always trying to be on somebody's stage, always hearing about this show, that show, always, always, I always had, you know, the means to want to try it, to want to do it. You know what I mean? Always. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I never, 
I never, I was never discouraged. I was always excited. I was excited about being turned down. I was excited about individuals that thought I wasn't talented. You know, it just added, it just added salt. You know what I mean? The volume. It just added volume to my situation. Well, let me ask you this, Carl. Share a little history with us. Then, when did your break come with the formula? You know, when did you get? How did you get signed? Because well, we know it's well, so much I, different I actually, than discovered I, now. I actually, I actually started out as as a as a songwriter uh, with the characters. Mm. You know what I mean? Troy Taylor characters. Troy Taylor and Charles Ferrar. Yeah. Uh, me and Troy were friends from church, you know what I mean. But we were we were kids in the youth conventions. I met Troy, I met Troy when I was fourteen years old, and he, I was fourteen and Troy was seventeen. And I met Troy uh, from him seeing me sing at one of the church musicals, and I had no idea who Troy was. I just know, you know, Troy used to wear these sparkly long jackets, looking like Prince, man. And it was real crazy, and he was always somebody. All, all the kids were looking at like, like in Troy's mind, he was already a celebrity, you know. So it was like, man, what does this dude do? What have you? And Buddy Banks from the Rude Boys, he was there, and Joe Little from the Rude Boys was there, and Bill and Jimmy Moss, the Moss Brothers, and you know, it was just a, a consortium, if you will, of, of of dope singers. You know what I mean? That that, that I was blessed to be around, man. And um, uh, when I when we we look forward to the summer times because that's when the youth conventions were, and you know we kept in contact through the year, or whatever. He you know he's from Connecticut, me being you know from the Chicagoland area, and uh, you, you you know we we definitely kept in contact. And he was a he was the first person to ever send me empty tracks that were professional tracks. You know he was the first dude. I ever knew that had an Insonic 16, if you remember what that was. You know what I mean? He had an Insonic sequencer, and it was the same machine that Babyface and those guys used, and it was the same machine that that all these people that were making hit records, it was the same machine that they used. And it, and so it was my first concept of being able to, being able to hear myself inside of music that could be on the radio. So it helped me form the idea of things that I could do and be and what have you, you know. So when by the time I was 17, man, literally Troy had left Connecticut and moved to New York City, and that's when he met Charles. And and literally when I was 17 years old, out of the complete blue, I showed up at Troy's doorstep and just rang the doorbell like, yo, what's up? I'm here. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> just like that. I literally I got on a train from Chicago, went to Penn Station, went to Penn Station, got on the subway. I knew exactly where I was going. Got downtown Brooklyn. I'm looking crazy, hauling this big, big gigantic suitcase down down Fulton Street, looking like a nut. <laughs> <laughs> And I just literally showed up, and they went into panic mode, like, what the fuck? What in the hell? You know, come to call my mom and come to find out that I just absolutely just left. Mm. And and I literally, you know, what didn't care. I was like, well, you know, y'all can do whatever you want to do. I'm not going back. 
<laughs> I'm not going. Do whatever you want to do. I'm not going back. You know what I mean? And that was, you know, that was my beginning in the music business right there. The 17 year old kid. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool story. I didn't know it worked out like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me, Carl, let me bring you back up to date a bit. I got to press you again for new music. Do you have any plans for a new project at all in the coming months or um, year Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm, I ha- I'm excited about one that I'm finishing up right now. Uh, I really don't know what to call it, but I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's really, really um you know, I I think that the fans are going to be really surprised, um, you know, to hear me in this vein. It's not Carl of any era. It's just the Carl of the present, and that's the best way I can describe it. Um, I, I just launched a new company along with my good friend Jack Knight and my, my man Richie Rich. Um, I just launched a new company, and it's called New Earth Energy. And uh, New Earth Energy uh, is not a record label, but it is everything multimedia. (laughs) But we just happen to put our records as well. And so I'm going to be releasing uh, my my new my new offering, you know, um, under my own imprint. And uh, there is there are some really 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 exciting artists uh, that I'm working with right now. Uh, There there there's a group by the name of Radio Galaxy who are also incredible producers as well. And then there's an incredible artist, uh, an R&B artist by the name of Tony Henry that's a very good friend of mine, um, you know, who I really feel is is, is going to break really big. So I'm, I'm really, really happy to give back in that manner. I'm really happy to apply what I've learned. I'm really happy to, to, to be in that position. Um, and, and it's a blessing for people to trust you. It's a, it's a blessing for people to trust you know, your opinion and what you say. And uh, I'm also getting my son's project ready. My son, that's right, my son, David Thomas. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we're working on uh, his material right now. He, I, I, You know, one day I asked my son, I say, hey, man, you know, I realize you're an artist in your own perspective, but, you know, what is it, you know, that you do? I mean, you know, are you, are you, do you, you know, because I can't really tell. Do you sing? Do you rap? And his response was, Dad, don't define me. <laughs> wow. So, so I had to respect that, and that, and that that's where we are in creativity. You don't have to set a rule and stick by it nowadays. That's what I love about the freedom that these artists nowadays have. If they feel like rapping, that's, true. that's what they're going to do. If they feel like singing, that's what they're going to do. But they're going to do what they feel. You know what I mean? They're going to do what they feel. And on that note, gentlemen, I, I don't want to cut cut you guys off short, but uh, um, I have to run into a meeting right now, and that that, that that's going to be my time right now. But um, anytime, man, anytime, Thomas, you know you're my brother, man. You know, you supported me when I've had records out and even when I did, man. So, you know, I, I, I really, you know what I mean, I can't be, I can't be any more grateful, man. You know, to you for that, um, and anything you need from you know you you know I'm just a phone call away. Uh, awesome, man. So thank you, know, you so much for that. Uh, I really appreciate if it. If you guys, if you guys need me to weigh in from time to time as as a as a rhythm and blues consultant, I'd be more than glad. 
for sure. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Thank you so much, Carl. We really appreciate your right, time, man. and uh, you always got our support. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. Be in love, gentlemen. Yes, sir. All right, and that was Carl Thomas on the podcast. Tom, that was R&B Knowledge 101. Man, he really brought the knowledge. It kind of went in a direction I didn't expect it, but wow, it was an in-depth conversation about R&B and where it's been the past 20 years. And I mean, you got to give that guy props. Plus, he, he's a big supporter of what we do, and you know I got soul, so shout to Carl Thomas. Yep, it's a shame Ed missed that one, but... We'll get him back next week. We have Darnell, I mean, Darnell on the podcast. So, Tom, before we get out of here, what's going on with uh, the website? You know, I got soul.com. Man, we've been hearing some good music lately. I'll wait for Ed to come back to talk more in depth about some of that. But some good R&B has been coming out. Um, I know you just went to uh, a couple shows, didn't you? Yeah, I was at a Snoop Dogg concert the other day. And let me tell you, Tom, that guy has some hits. He is R&B. I don't care if we call him a rapper. The guy knows his music. Singing, rapping, funk, soul, he does the whole thing. Can we give a shout out to Snoop? Shout out to Snoop Dogg. We interviewed him last year, remember? We both got to to ask him questions. Oh, yeah, at, for when he came out with his gospel album. But, yeah, so that was great. And uh, I don't really think I have any other shows coming up in the near future, but we'll see what's going on over there. In New York City, not too much, man. Just looking to keep this podcast going. It's an exciting time right now. We've been getting a lot of good guests on here. We're going to keep it going every week. We, we're, we're raising the bar this year, um, and every week we're going to have a, a great guest. So let's, let's keep it rolling. For sure. So, Tom, that's it. We'll have Ed back next week and Don L. Cross our fingers on that. Um, and that's it, guys. Kyle and Tom and I guess Ed, we're signing out now. Peace. Peace. All right. Yeah. So I think once Donnell is done, we should probably touch on the new music and the play of please. I don't know how much time we're going to have. It's just, um, I'm good. Um, do you want me to stop this recording? Yeah, stop the recording if you can. All right. Okay.